middle of the series, figuring out how to live in two worlds, to live in this physical uh, flesh, this body that we're in, this physical reality, but at the same time, <clears throat> having an unbelievable, powerful spiritual reality um, that we can have by knowing God through Jesus Christ. So how do those the two things mesh? That's what we're looking at. And uh, so today, uh, we're in chapter 4, and basically what we're doing is we're going right through 2 Corinthians. Um, if you haven't been with us, I, I'd encourage you, you might want to just uh, pick out your Bible and uh, blow the dust off, and uh, uh, 2 Corinthians is in the back half of, of the book, and find that puppy. And, uh, and, um, but just read with us. Uh, we're just going right through, right through this book. Today, we're looking at chapter 4. Um, so I'd like to take a minute and just read uh, a little bit of that. I'm going to go through the whole thing. So, man, I hope you're, hope you're ready. I uh, got your, uh, your uh, piece of paper there and your pen. There's going to be a ton of stuff I want to throw at you. So I'm not going to... We've been reading through each, uh, the whole passage of each uh, thing that we've been teaching each week. Because it's a whole chapter, I'm not going to do that right now. But I want to show you why we're going to talk about having divine hope in the midst of earthly struggles. Uh, he starts off in chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we don't lose heart. And uh, if you were here a couple weeks ago with us, we took a little break last week, but if you were here a couple weeks ago with us, uh, whenever you see in the Bible, whenever it says, therefore, you always have to go back and see what, he's, what it's there for. <laughs> so basically, he's always referring back to what he's already talked about. And our, the last message we shared with you was about having divine transformation in earthly bodies. And uh, Paul was teaching about this amazing hope that we have because of God working in our hearts. And he goes, so therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, he goes, we don't lose heart. So he starts off chapter 4 by saying there is a possibility to live in this world without losing your heart. And then, uh, as I'll teach you, we'll go through this whole passage and we'll get to the end. But then, at the very end, in verse 16, once again, Paul says, therefore, everything we're going to talk about, he's referring back to, we don't lose heart. And I, I don't know about you, um, but when I think about this world, there are so many different opportunities to lose heart. Um, in fact, every, every, every day, somebody's doing that. Um, every moment, right now, in this world, somebody's losing heart. Uh, because there are a lot of earthly struggles. And um, so before I jump into this passage and kind of teach through it, um, we just uh, had uh, some of our video people just look back at some recent history uh, for us uh, just in the world as a, show us just a few examples to kind of get our hearts in tune with what it's like uh, to have the possibility of losing some hearts. So let's watch this together. Oh, you guys, I mean, it's pretty wild. I mean, there are so many things um, in this world that can be lost. And, um, and again, I, I, some of you are sitting here today and you've lost them. You've lost some things and your heart is really broken. Some of you are doing really great right now. And it's so weird because when we're doing well and things are kind of cranking and we're going along smooth, we just kind of forget sometimes the reality of this world. But um, let me just hit a few of them. You know, our finances can be lost. I think all of us experience that to some, to some degree uh, in the last couple of years. And some of you have lost everything. Um, possessions can be lost. Jobs. Um, again, continually talking to people. Um, who are struggling to maintain their jobs, and some of you have been out of work for a long time. And, and if you lose your job, then you also, some other things come alongside of that. Sometimes it feels like you've just lost your status, you've lost your security, you've lost your position. Um, another thing that we can lose is we can lose um, our abilities. You can lose your talents. You know, it was so funny. I was talking to my sister yesterday, and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 50, Dave. 
you know, and she wanted to read me something. She goes, I can't even read it to you because I can't find my glasses. <laughs> you know, she's like, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, she's lost her eyesight. I mean, we, we lose these abilities. I, I remember talking to people who were unbelievable surgeons and now the little, just as they've gotten older, they can't do it anymore. And, and when you lose that, that's, it's, it's just tough. Sometimes you lose your dreams or your plans. You know, sometimes you've got this unbelievable dream out in front of you and you can't wait to see it unfold. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the next thing you know, that thing is just, is just gone. And, and you lose that. Um, this hit me just this morning. Sometimes you just lose the way it's always been. You know, you kind of get in a groove, everything's comfortable and you're cruising along and then all of a sudden something comes in out of the lot of left field and you lose how it's always been. And, that, and that's really tough. And then I, I, a little more intimate too is, and then in all of us, all of us go through this, is you can lose relationships. And that's, wow. That, that hurts the most when you lose loved ones. And sometimes it's because you've lost peace and there's conflict that's engaged. And whether it's with your kids or whether it's with your spouse or a friend or, or even a, your boss or whatever. But man, when that starts to creep in and you start to lose um, a relationship, it's huge. Um, and then the other way you lose relationships is just through our own health. Um, I know some of you right now are just waiting for the call. Any moment right now, you're going to get the call and someone that you dearly love is going to be leaving this world. <laughs> and you lose them. So you guys, that's our reality. And that's every human being's reality, that we live in a world where we can lose things. So Paul, even in, in some of the stuff I'm going to read later, he goes, I was hard-pressed. <laughs> I was perplexed. I was persecuted. I was struck down. Life is hard. And, and here's what's critical to, to, to know as I talk about trying to not lose our heart. Please understand me. Every heart's going to get broken. Okay? These things break your heart. Because I don't think really God's intention, and I think we're going to experience this when this world's over and we get to have the new earth and the new heaven with, with Jesus. This whole idea of losing stuff is not of God, it's, but it's part of the fallen world we live in. So to have your heart broken when you lose things is normal, but what I want to talk about today is how do we not lose heart when we lose those things? And uh, hope is the word that comes. And hope is a funny word, you know? Um, this week, when it was Monday, I told my kids, I said, man, they, they wanted to go to the park and play baseball so bad. And I said, you know what? We will do that. I promise you. And I get on weather.com, and was I taking them to the park? No, I wasn't taking them to the park. So I come home Monday. How are we going to the park? No, I mean, look out there, you guys. No worry. Tuesday, are we going to the park? No worry. So finally, I look on it and it goes, Thursday's the day, finally, right? So I got up early morning, Thursday morning breakfast. I looked him in the eye. You guys, this afternoon, when I get home, we're going to the park. So I get in my car. Susie texts me, what do you want to do? It's raining. <laughs> See, sometimes you hope for something. And like, I hope it doesn't rain. And what happens? I mean, your plans just get skewed. You had hope, but it, but it didn't come through. We went anyway, by the way, just to let you know. We, just, we, we took our raincoats and we went for it. But uh, some of you guys have said, man, I hope the economy gets on track. I hope that person, dot, 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 right? Man, I hope that person changes, or I hope that person accepts me, or I hope that per oh my gosh. Anybody ever put your hope in a person and have that one fall through? If you're human, the answer is yes. 
for me, um, I hope the Detroit Lions have a winning season. I hope that every year. This is actually the Lions. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, this is the best part of the year because you've got hope. You know, it's, this is when we hope and eventually the season will start and we'll lose it again. But, um, but there's a different type of hope that the Bible talks about and it's biblical hope. And what's crazy about hope in scripture is it's based on, it's always based on something that's certain. It's actually hope. It's something that you don't have yet, but it's something that you can know to be true. And therefore, you and I can have a hope that's different than all this stuff. I hope a tragedy never happens to my family. I hope no one I love ever gets sick. I hope I always keep my job. I hope my relationships stay. I see everything in there that we hope for. Can it be lost? Say to answer that. Can it be lost? Yes. We need something that can't be lost so we won't lose our heart. So here's my phrase. When I read this chapter four, and it's been stuck with me for months now, is this. We don't lose heart when our heart is wrapped up in what can't be lost. We don't lose heart when our heart is wrapped up in what can't be lost. So how do we have hope no matter what? And here's what you got to do, you guys, you and me both. But I'm telling you, in the midst of this world where your hope is in a lot of things and so is mine, we got to figure out how to get it wrapped up in what can't be lost, all right? So that's, let's start right there. What can't be lost, okay? What can't be lost? And here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. You guys, here's the first thing that can't be lost. The first thing that can't be lost is you can't lose the Spirit of God. You can't lose the Spirit of God. Okay. Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ here today, you need to know that the only way you are a believer in Jesus Christ is because of the work of the Holy Spirit inside your heart. Now, let me throw out your funky term here. At least it was funky for me when I was checking out Christianity, the whole born-again term, okay? Because I, again, I always thought born-again meant weird. That's what I, I just equated those two things. No, what born-again means is that the Spirit of God comes into your spirit, and now you are born not only physically, but you're born of His Spirit. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, in fact, he says, if if you're actually born of, of the Spirit, you can't continue to sin, Are you kidding me? Well, he says you can't continue because God's seed remains in you. In other words, Caleb is over here, my sweet little five-year-old boy. Is Caleb Eric Nelson ever not going to be my boy? Is it possible that that kid will never be my boy? No. See, I he can't. He and I can't lose that relationship. Now we now our relationship could struggle, as we've all had struggle. But he will always be my boy. Once you're born of the Spirit of God, it says He remains in you. So when He says, therefore, since we have the ministry of the Spirit, we don't lose heart. You know why? Because the ministry of the Spirit is inside you, and Paul knew that. And when you start to experience the reality of God, and this is why at K2 I try so hard to help you to understand. I, ooh, uh, okay, I'll say it. I, so lots of times I say, I don't care what you know. Now, that's not true, because I obviously, obviously I do care what you know. But what I'm saying is, too many people learn a lot about God and they never have the experience of having the Spirit of God transform you inside your being, which we talked about two years ago, where you actually know Him. Amen. See, now when that happens, you got hope. 
I mean, if you're just learning things about God and you're just going to church, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, then it can get religious and it can get boring and it's a nice day out and you got other things you should do. But once you know God and the ministry of the Spirit starts to crank inside you, man, and, and what we learned about two weeks ago is the ministry of the Spirit brings righteousness. It brings what's right into your life. It brings freedom into your life. It transforms us into the image of Christ. It's the ministry, and then here's, here's what he says. And read, Go back in chapter 3 if you need to read this again. It's the ministry that lasts. It's the ministry that lasts. At the beginning of the series, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22, it says, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. He put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. See, what you need to know when you lose your job, when someone you love walks out on you, when you lose your health, when all of a sudden everything that you dream for isn't happening anymore. One of the things you know, you can know, and Paul knew this. I can tell you this. I don't lose heart. You know why? Because I have the ministry of the Spirit who continues to make things right and set me free and give me hope in my being. I'm telling you, in this world, living in these two worlds, in earthly struggle, you're going to need that. And you can't lose the ministry of the Spirit. Now, let me just say this. The Bible all does say this, though. You can quench it. It says you can put out its fire, and you can grieve him. So some of you might be sitting out there as Christians right now going, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then what I would say is just put a mirror in front and see what's going on, because if your life and your behavior is quenching his fire, or if you're grieving him, then it feels like he's not there. But I'm telling you, if you put your faith in Christ and you receive Christ, he's in there. He's just waiting for you to turn around and come back to him (laughs) so he can stoke the fire again inside you. Okay, number one, you can't lose the spirit. Here's the second thing you can't lose. Out of all the stuff we can lose is you can't lose Jesus Christ. You can't lose him. And I want to tell you this. I I, I thought about this. There's nothing else in the world that I can know that I won't lose outside of Jesus Christ. So where am I going to put my hope? You know, I mean, oh my goodness. So let me just read the 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse 5. It says this, For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Uh, I'm sorry. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So you guys, when I, when, I, when I thought about Paul, the guy who wrote this book, and he's the one who's saying, you know what, I don't lose heart. I don't lose heart. If you read other books of Paul, he's like, he's the apostle of joy. He's the one who says, be joyful always. And again, I say it, rejoice. I mean, he's, this guy is like, you, you, you read him and you go, man, this guy must have had an awesome life. Okay? Well, then I, I think about Paul. Let me just read for you uh, in chapter 11 what Paul's life was like. He says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. In other words, that meant we're going to lash you until right before we think you're dead and then we'll stop. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. I think the dude was in danger. In danger at sea and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, 
else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who's weak? And I do not feel weak. Who's led into sin? And I don't inwardly burn. See, this is the guy who says, and you know what? And I don't lose heart. Dude, if that was your life, anybody in here want to say, I think I'd lose heart. Anybody besides me? I mean, I I read that and I go, you know what? All my troubles, I just go, what? What? I got nothing compared to this guy. I mean, it's unbelievable what he went with. You know, you, you talk about loose heart, man. We can't even keep going to church. You know, I mean, seriously, this, this guy, I mean, I don't know how he maintained this unbelievable passion. Well, yes, I do. I do know. And it's because Paul's heart was wrapped up in what couldn't be lost. Paul knew Jesus Christ so intimately and so personally that even when his own countrymen and the people who were supposed to be with him would abandon him, it wasn't about them, it was about Jesus. Even when he would get beaten and whipped and left for dead, he didn't say, I'm quitting, because it was about Jesus. It wasn't about his own safety. Even when he was going hungry and wasn't getting any sleep, he'd be, I mean, can you guys imagine this? Go, dude, why would you keep going? Well, because I don't put my hope in having enough food. or maybe my, I mean, this guy knew Christ. And when everything else around him would fall apart, when everybody else would go against him, when everybody else would let him down, he just kept, the, the dude's the ultimate energizer bunny. I just thought of that. That's who he was. Dude, dude, the guy just kept going and he kept going and he kept going because his heart was wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And that was the only thing he couldn't lose. In Philippians 3, 7 and 8, it says, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. Now, in fact, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Nothing else in this world grabbed Paul's heart. That's not true. Paul loved the church. Paul loved people. This whole book is people who kept letting him down and keep... He loved him. His heart was broken. But the people couldn't make him lose his heart. So I know, I don't know, most of you who are here today, some of you are, I'm sure, because this is just part of who we are as a church, I know some of you don't believe in, in Christ, you don't believe in God, and you're checking this whole thing out. And I guess I just want to, you know, ask you to just consider that. Like, what in this world, what's your hope in? And my guess is it's probably in something that's working for you right now. But at some point in this world, uh, it's not going to work anymore. And some of you are followers of Jesus Christ. You, you've received Christ into your life, but your hope is like gone. <laughs> And, and I, I just want to share with you, um, and I've done this numerous times, so I'm going to do it pretty quickly today. But I am so grateful for God because when he really loves you, he tries actually to strip away the things that you're putting your hope in that could break your heart and make you lose your heart. Um, I, was, I, I had the incredible privilege of being a part of starting Kensington Community Church back in Detroit, back in 1990. I just saw God do amazing things and was there for seven years. 
After seven years, I went out to California to do my master's um, degree. And, uh, and it had nothing to do with my master's degree at all. <laughs> the way I describe it is when I got out there, God dug a hole and he threw me in and he covered me over with dirt. I, he took everything from me that actually mattered. The things my hope were in. See, back at Kensington, I had, I had a really good position. I, I was paid well, so I was secure, so I had hope in that. I was able to use my gifts, and so I had significance, and I was doing what I loved to do, so every day I could wake up and go, man, I matter, and I've got something to live for. Um, I had tons of friends. Got, had to work with, got to work with my brothers, and, which was great. You name it. I, there were so many things. I get to California, and during my year and a half there, God says, you know what? I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to teach. I don't want you to lead. I used to sing. I used to lead worship. I don't want you to do that. I'm going to give you two friends. I, I'm, I'm an extrovert. That was really hard. I'm going to, in fact, I mean, it was for a year and a half. Nobody gave a rip who I was. Nobody cared anything about me. And you know what I felt like God did to me? I feel like he took me by the face, looked me in the eyes and said, am I enough for you? Am I enough for you? And you know what my answer was? Because see, when it's that intimate with God, you can't go, yes, God, you are. No, the reality is, no, God, you know what? You're right. You're not enough for me. I thought you were, but you're not. I know now <laughs> there's no way in God's green earth ever I could have even come close to planting this church and leading this church if everything that used to matter so much to me still did. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can lose it all. And if your heart's wrapped up in what you could lose and then you lose it, then you don't have your heart. That year and a half was hell. It was so hard. That's I've shared here before. That's when I was prostrate on the ground, just wanting to quit. <laughs> but I realized it was actually God loving me and saying, Nelson, until I'm enough for you, period, there's no way you can handle what I have for you. And I just want to encourage every single one of you, whether you believe in Jesus yet or not, or whether you're a follower of Christ or not, deeply consider the state of your heart and what it's wrapped up in. Okay? I, I love what Paul says. He goes, we preach Jesus Christ, not ourselves. Okay? Why do we preach Christ? Because knowing him is life. It's the light of the glory of the knowledge of God. You see it in the face of Christ. Christ dwells in my heart. He goes, that's why we preach that. And he goes, and what am I? He goes, I'm just your servant. And then he goes on to say, what? And he goes, we have this, this surpassing glory in jars of clay. <laughs> in other words, see, the vessel is nothing. Like who we are, Paul is just saying, I'm just a servant, man. I'm just, so, so I just want to tell you guys, what's your hope in? And let me just start with this. If your hope is in the church, you are, wow. If, you're, if your hope is in a person, Wow. And I know for me, last fall, <clears throat> this was critical for me. Um, I just felt like God was saying, hey, Nelson, do you remember who you are, right? And because I just read this passage. It set me free. When, he, when I read that and I said, I preach, if I'm doing my job, I preach Jesus Christ. And me, as your servant, 
See, that, I'm like, so I feel like, again, what God was saying to me is, you understand whose church this is, right? This is my church. And as soon as you think it's your church, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> and being from the Midwest, he gave me this beautiful picture of this farm. And I felt like I'd wake up in the morning, and you know, the big red barns out there, you know, some corn and a white picket fence, and the pigs are, you know, and the chickens are running around. It's all dirt. And I wake up, you know, I'm trying to get my, oh, the sun's just rising up. And then Jesus is just standing there, and I just remember, I felt like, you know what I'm supposed to do every day? Is I'm supposed to get up in the morning and just go, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Hey, did you guys know what you're supposed to do every day? You're supposed to get up in the morning and look at the one who saved your life, who actually is the only true God, and who's your Lord and your master, and you go, what do you want me to do today? It was during that time when this phrase has stuck with me. I can't change yesterday, and I can't control tomorrow, but I can be faithful today. I'm telling you, that set me free. Because if my hope is in K2, I'm in trouble as a pastor. If if my hope is in all of you, you know, doing everything really good and loving me and liking my messages and everybody giving 10% and everybody working in Venture Canyon, and it's going to be great. Man, I tell you, I'm in trouble. And if your hope is in us or the church or everybody, you know, getting back to you on time with your emails and getting back to this and doing all, I mean, oh my gosh, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to get really ticked off at each other is basically what's going to happen. My hope is in Christ. You guys, is your hope in a person? Seriously, is your hope in a person? I, I know some of you, your hope is in your spouse. Come on, baby. You know, I can't remember. Let's see if I can remember this phrase. Somebody said it was so good. It's like every woman, every man gets married hoping his wife will never change. And every woman gets married hoping her husband will change. And the husband never changes and the wife does. I, I seriously, is your hope? I mean, is your hope in the person you're sitting next to saying, man, you know what? If, if you get your act together, my life's going to be good. I mean, we are in some deep trouble. Is your hope that your kids are all going to grow up and be perfect little angels and do everything right? Is your hope in a friend or in a boss? Let me just go through again. Is your hope seriously? I mean, are you, are you just freaking out because, man, you, you could lose your job? Is your hope in your own health, your safety, good friend of mine driving right up our road 13 east here right in the rearview mirror sees this horrific accident dude I, I drove by there like two hours later and the cops were still around I mean it was just nasty what was he two cars away from it one car are you kidding me see I'm, I'm telling you only in Christ when that stuff happens not if when it happens how are you not going to lose your heart? Is your heart going to break? Yes. It's okay. It's not supposed to be this way. It's why we cry. It's why we lament. The Bible's full of that. But I'm telling you, if your heart is wrapped up in what can't be lost, when all the things that can be lost are gone, you have the hope And that's why we preach Christ. If I live for anything else, I set myself up for despair. 
In fact, Tim Keller in this book, The Reason for God, we saw it out there, great book. One of his side little comments that he makes is, the first commandment was love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one was don't have any idols before yourself. See, and we're like, kidding me? God makes me love him more than anything. You know, talk about narcissistic. I mean, what's up with that? You know what God's really doing? He's going, no, what I'm telling you is I care about your heart. And if you love something else more than me, you're going to love something else that can let you down and that you can lose. And it could destroy your life. See, sin is anything that you give your devotion to, that you give your heart to more than me. Because once you do, it can take you on wacky paths and it can ultimately destroy you. Isn't that wild? See, God always loves us. He always loves us, even when he calls us to absolute, pure, 100% devotion of all of my heart. Love him with all your heart, David, and all your mind, and all your soul, and all your strength. God, you're so demanding. No, I just so care about you. And I care about your heart. I don't lose my heart if my heart is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. What's your heart wrapped up? Can't lose the spirit. Can't lose Jesus. Number three, you can't lose your future. So good to know. Verse 13. It is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. And with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. I'm telling you, is that not good to know? See, this is wacky. I can't get into this. Read it later if you want. Chapter 12. Paul actually was lifted into heaven to be able to see some eternal reality, given visions that you and I can't understand. This dude knew. (laughs) I just want to tell you all, I know something. This is what I know. I know that all of us are going to be raised with Christ and we're going to be together with that. He goes, I know that. If you have received Jesus Christ into your life, you received eternal life. And that means, yes, life now with him, but you can be sure of your future. I'm telling you, there is nothing we can be sure. I can't be sure of the next five minutes. I can't be sure of what's going to happen when I go home today. But I can be sure that for eternity, I'm going to be with him. Now, I'm not going to touch on that at all anymore because next week, that's next week's message. Paul takes this a little bit further. He goes, as, he can, as we continue in this book, if you want to know the reality, our reality as human beings, what happens to us after we die, according to the Christian teaching, come back next week. Okay? If you need some assurance and some hope, for your future, uh, come back next week, all right? So there you go. What can't be lost? The Spirit, Jesus, and your future. Everything else can. So let me just challenge you on something. When we don't believe, when we don't believe, it can cause us to lose our heart. Okay? Verse 3. He goes, even if our gospel is veiled, the good news The ministry of the Spirit, being reconciled with God, having his presence in you, the assurance of heaven, all of this. He goes, even if our gospel, this good news is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they can't see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Paul gave his life to help every person have a chance to see the light 
of the glory of Christ. Every person to know the good news, the gospel. And you guys, whenever we don't believe our minds, what the Bible's teaching us here is when we don't believe, what's happening is the God of this age is blinding us from the things that are really true. And so I just want to tell you, um, and let me just share this. All of us in this room don't believe in some fashion. Can I I just challenge you on that? Is there anybody in here who would say, no, no, I believe everything? Okay, good. Some of you do think that, but you you were wise not to raise your hand. That was good. Um, Now, let me just say this. Some of you are still on the journey, and I just want to encourage you with this. Some of you don't believe, and you're here today, and I'm, you guys, we exist for you. I know the reason God called us out here to start this church was for those of you who don't believe. And, and I just want, this is what's so weird to me, is you can't make yourself believe. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing to me. This thing is the mystery. But I feel like I can say, according to what Paul was, what he realized was when people don't believe the God of this age, the spiritual reality of an enemy who wants to keep every person separated from God, he blinds our minds. I'm going to get into that for just a second, but let me just switch real quick. Here's the other reality. All of us in this room who are followers of Christ, when we don't believe, because we all struggle to believe, different things about God. I, I think the same thing's happening. I think the enemy is blinding our minds too. Because even though I have eternal life and I'm going to be with Christ, he does not want me to live a full, free, powerful, joyful, impactful life for Christ right now. Jesus, Jesus called him the father of lies. He's just a father of lies. That's all he does is lie, 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 lie. I woke up this morning. You know what? He was lying to me. I, I had to struggle this morning before I could ever finish thinking about this thing for a dumb hour or more to believe. And so you know what? So I had to fight the good fight of the faith this morning to believe. It doesn't go away. I think that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians for us. And he prays this. He goes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can know him better. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I mean, I tell you, so what, so what do we do, you guys? I just think partly what we need to be able to say to God is, God, I, I don't believe in you. <laughs> Would you help me? There's a great place in the New Testament where this guy comes to Jesus. He goes, I believe, help my unbelief. See, some of us who are believers, you just need to say, God, I believe, but this I don't believe. Will you help my unbelief? And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ right now, but you feel like you're being drawn to God, I would just say then, say, God, I, man, I can't get there. I need your grace and your mercy. I need you to help me believe. Help my unbelief. Pray this prayer. Right there. It's, it's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. Look it up. Memorize it. I pray this for me. I pray this for you. I pray, 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 pray. It's one of the things you guys can do. God, help me. Open the eyes of my heart so I actually get the hope. I get the inheritance. I get the power. Because I'm telling you guys, this is the good news is that you and I are supposed to be free. You and I are supposed to live powerful lives and lives that are right before God. And when we don't, it's because we don't believe. 
And, and, and apparently there's a spiritual battle that's going on for our minds. So what else do you do? Let me just, a couple of really quick things. You guys, we have this personal adventure on, on our website. If, if you don't know what to do, I, I just encourage you, go to our website, click on the personal adventure, and it will lead you through a process and provide you innumerable resources, books and messages and experiences that you could get involved in that would help to renew your mind so you could believe what is true. That's one of the things you could do. Go to our website and do the personal adventure. Join a continue the conversation group all over the valley again. Tonight, this week, people are going to be meeting. They're going to be discussing this very reality. And, and, and we need that, you guys. I just want to tell you right now, all I could think of this morning when I was struggling to believe, Eric, right down here, he prays for me. And, and I knew I, I got to tell Eric to pray for me. I have other people in my life. When they get in my life, they encourage me. You know what that word literally means? It means give courage. And I realize I need to talk to those people to give me courage. I need, I'm your dumb pastor. Been walking with Jesus for 25 years. I still need people to tell me the truth when I'm in the battle. Who tells you the truth? Who prays for you? Who walks beside you and grabs you arm in arm and says, dude, I know you're falling, but I've got your back. And I'm going to keep holding you up. If you're out there by yourself, can I just say this? You're an idiot. I'm sorry. That was so too strong. <laughs> but I think you got the point. I'm just, I, what I'm saying is, God never intended any of us to have hope in the midst of struggle by yourself. I need you. I need people in my life. Have you taken steps to get connected and get those in around you? And then pray like mad. Read this thing up and down. Again, everything you need to know is at your fingertips every day. Don't be too busy. Don't be too distracted to get your heart caught up in what can give you hope no matter what, even with all that you're struggling with right now. All right, so let me, I have just this last bit to share. Cool, we're good. So what do we do? <clears throat> Here's what you do, okay? I think this is how we have hope. This is how we don't lose our heart. The first one is this. You have to, first thing, live a life surrendered to Christ so that others can see the hope. Here's what's crazy. All of you who are followers of Christ, you guys know this, right? Once you receive Christ, your life isn't, it's not about you anymore. We're gonna learn this in a couple weeks where Paul says, Christ died for us so that those of us who live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him, you don't live for yourself. What's so cool is while you're receiving hope, what happens is he spews it out and lets everybody else in the world who has no hope go, there's hope. Look at this. Starting with verse uh, 8. <clears throat> we are hard-pressed on every side, <clears throat> but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. I'm sorry that wasn't up there on the screen. The critical verse. You guys, write this, this thing down. Now, here's the deal. I, I studied that passage for years and didn't get it. So, 
It's very deep, so let me explain it to you in two minutes. Um, Basically, it's this. You don't lose your heart when you've lost your life. You don't lose your heart when you've lost your life. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 24 and 25. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. See, if you're trying to save my job, save this relationship, save my health, save the future, save the wells, if you're trying to save your life, you're going to lose it. There it is right there. Wait, Wait a second. I did everything I could to hold everything together. And yet we can lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, you find it. You don't lose your heart when you've lost your life. See, a few weeks ago, we talked about the aroma of Christ. Do you guys remember this? Paul was teaching us, and he said, don't you know you're the aroma of Christ? When you get out there, people go, and they smell, they smell Christ. And then he also said, you're our letter, written with the Spirit. People are reading your life. And what they're doing is they're saying, is this Jesus anything I should look into? See, and you guys, so the point is, and our whole point with that was this, the life of Christ is the surrendered life. Our Lord and Savior Jesus never did anything on his own. He did whatever the Father wanted him to do. He was never one moment ever about himself. He completely sacrificed his life for God and for others. And what happened? He changed the world. And when we live that way, then we're not crushed, we're not in despair, we're not abandoned, we're not destroyed. And you know what he says? It's just amazing to me. He says, for, for, I'm always given over to death for Jesus' sake. In other words, I'm always given over to death to myself. I'm not about me for Jesus' sake. So that his life may be revealed in my mortal body. So then death is at work in me. In other words, death, I'm dying to myself. But life is at work in you. Did you know that every time you say no to yourself and every time you sacrifice yourself for Christ or for another person, Every time you finally are not about you, life gets exuded into somebody else. Does this world need hope? Oh my goodness, you saw it. And they need to see it in you and me. And the only way I have hope, if you would have saw me at 7, 6, 7 this morning, I wouldn't look very hopeful. So I prayed and I fought and I got into God's word and I did everything I could so that when I walk through these doors this morning, I'm not going, hi, I'm your happy pastor who has no hope. No, I'm like, I'm like, I'm struggling just like the rest of you, but I'm fighting the fight of faith and I have hope. And you can have it too. Live a life surrendered to Christ so others can know his hope. And then the last thing is this, just fix your eyes on what is unseen. Fix your eyes on what is unseen. What can't you see? You know what you can't see? Minister of the Spirit. You know what you can't see? Jesus. You know what you can't see? Your future. Hmm. I think it's faith. Look at this. Close with this. 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we don't lose heart. There it is again. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You guys, if you've been here at all, you, and you may not remember, but 
See, that became my life verse because the day my mom came home with cancer, I was reading that passage. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away. Some of you are. Some people you love are wasting away. But inwardly, we we're being renewed day by day. The Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit, transforms us with ever-increasing glory day by day. For our light and momentary troubles, are you kidding me? Were Paul's troubles light? They were compared to the glory. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. See, Paul knew there's something greater and even my struggles are achieving for me something awesome. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen because what is seen is temporary. But we fix our eyes on what is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. What's your hope in? 1 Peter 1.8.9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So band, come on up. I don't know what else to say. I don't know if I need to say anything more to you this morning. <clears throat> But I do feel like I just need to challenge you this morning while we worship God. Every single one of us, all of us in this room need to take this moment and say, God, what's my hope in? If you don't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and you love something else more than him, then you're just setting yourself up. And this morning is a morning where you can say, you know what, God, I confess to you that my heart is wrapped up in things that can get lost. Please forgive me of that sin and purify my heart so I can be focused on you again. This is your moment during this worship. Julie is going to lead us in a song. My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Man, I hope you can sing that with some reality. And if you can't, maybe you just need to sit in quiet and just pray to God and say, God, help me to get it to be just in you. Because I'm telling you, everything else in this world can be lost. And you know that. You know that. The Spirit and Jesus in your future in Christ are solid. And I'm telling you, you can know that. And you will have divine hope in your earthly struggles. And even though your heart might break, you won't lose it. So if, you, if you're ready, you can stand right now and praise God who gives us his hope. Others of you might just need to sit there and bow your head and just do some business with him. But I'm telling you, you could leave this place today if you'll confess your sin to God, that you're wrapped up in stuff that isn't of him. And then receive, receive him, believe in him, put your faith in him. You can walk out of here with hope. You really could.